0: Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast. Thanks for checking it out and make sure you subscribed. Hammer and Nigel. you believe these characters are weirdos?
1: On 93 WIBC.
2: So let's rock it. Now, we've seen the devastation that the devastating consequences that categorically ignoring laws has. And we've seen it play out in cities like San Francisco, in Los Angeles, in Chicago, in New York. I'm quite frankly concerned that Indianapolis is going to become another San Francisco, and I don't want that to happen.
0: That was Marion County Prosecutor Candidate Cindy Carrasco. Prosecutor's debate aired last night on RTV6. My name is Jason Hammer. Mindy Winkler filling in for Big Nige. Now, they recorded this prosecutor's debate. Ryan Mears against Cindy Carrasco uh, two days ago. It was in the morning hours at Warren Central High School, but it aired last night in prime time on RTV6. Rafael Sanchez was the host of that. And again, you heard Cindy Carrasco right there, Mindy her concern is that indianapolis is going to turn out just like some of these liberal hellholes right san francisco chicago la and when i say that i'm not just saying this as you know some partisan or whatever they've recalled the district attorney in san francisco they tried to kick out gascone in los angeles there was a little snafu in the paperwork that prevented that but I can see her point here.
3: Right. Absolutely. Because, well, and right now we are trailing them, particularly San Francisco, in terms of a safe city. They, Chicago, um, New York are above us. What does that say? Right. (laughs) Indianapolis
0: has more homicides per capita than Chicago does. Right. That's a problem. Um, So we're going to play you some highlights in case you missed it last night of this prosecutor's debate. Again, all clips courtesy of WRTV6, Channel 6. They had it on their uh, YouTube page. Um, Rafael Sanchez was the host. And watching this thing last night, my main takeaway was that Ryan Mears, the incumbent, the unelected incumbent, he will blame everybody else but himself it's the court systems it's the judge's fault locusts he's like (laughs) belushi in the blues brothers it's everybody else's fault but his um so let's hear a little bit from uh both candidates here this is cindy carrasco talking about the problem we're having right now with sweetheart plea deals
2: plea deal after plea deal after plea deal that is cut and handed to criminals And I don't mean first-time offenders. I mean violent, repeat offenders. When I look at the news and I hear that someone's been charged with homicide, I look at whether or not they had a history. And nine times out of 10, that person did have a history of violent offenses. And there's a common thread where there's a plea deal that's cut by the prosecutor's office that lets them back out on our streets. That's what I'm concerned with. People who are committing crimes and are continually put on a revolving door to go back home and give them the opportunity to reoffend. That has to stop. We need to make sure that our city streets are safe. And for those multiple violent repeat offenders, plea deals like that must stop.
0: Violent repeat is the key word here, Mindy, because Ryan Mears is going to spin it as, well, she wants to lock everybody up for the rest of their lives.
3: Right, and not give any opportunity for any kind of negotiation. And then she even goes on to say, look, I'm not saying that plea deals are an absolute no-go, but these are some sweet deals that these people are not not doing really any time or very, very little, and they're not really getting any kind of repercussions for their actions.
0: And here is Ryan Mears' response when Rafael Sanchez of our... RTV6 asks him if there are too many of these plea deals.
4: Mr. Mayor, is the office, is your office based on the Chandler's Position. Are you offering too many plea deals?
5: Well, first of all, I want to say I'm proud to work with the deputy prosecutors that I get to work with every single day. They come in and they work hard and they're not political individuals. They all work in the prosecutor's office because they want to make a difference in their community. And I'm grateful for the people that I get to work with each and every single day. The resolutions that you see are more complicated than the headlines you might read in the newspaper. And one of the things that you will see with the deputy prosecutors who work really hard each and every single day is we take on tiff, tough cases. We take on challenging cases. And sometimes you encounter evidentiary problems. Sometimes you encounter witness issues, Uh, but we still move forward and we still proceed in a way that reflects the strength of the case that we're presented with.
0: And okay. I get that. Sometimes a witness doesn't want to talk. Sometimes you run into some evidence issues, but explain to me how literally every single prosecutor that's been in Marion County has had more success prosecuting violent, habitual bad guys than you have.
3: Right. And he. Bl- I loved how he blamed the media. He, sa- he said, don't just listen to what the media is saying. There's a lot more going on. No, there's evidence that you are letting these folks back out on the street. That's- this is what you signed up for. <laughs>
0: right. Right. Listen, it's tough. I agree. It's a tough job, but this is what you signed up for, and this is what you're running for. And this is the part that kind of gets to me, and this was a trend last night. Ryan Mears came off more as a counselor than he did a prosecutor. Listen to his thoughts when the subject of very violent juveniles came up.
2: Are you too soft on youth? Are they getting away
5: with whatever they want to do? First of all, they're not juveniles, they're kids. And the second part of it is when we talk about habitual offenders, kids aren't habitual offenders. Young people aren't habitual offenders. They don't have a criminal record yet. And so the challenge is when you have these intervention points with these kids, what can you do to make a difference in someone's life? It is a sad reality, and it's unfortunate, but we have had to charge uh, young people with murder. And that's something that we're prepared to do. And there are two different paths that you can go on. You know, when you were dealing with kids who are involved in violence, you need to figure out why is that kid involved in violence? What is the motivating factor? And there does have to be consequence. But there's a lot of kids that we come into contact with in the criminal justice system who just need a chance and an opportunity.
0: No, it's not your job to be their parent. It's not your job to be their counselor. It's your job to to be a prosecutor. (laughs) Right. To be a prosecutor. In the name of your title, prosecute. And listen, there are bad kids. Stop with this whole bull crap of, well, they're not juveniles, they're kids, and no kid has a record. My ass. We have, unfortunately, came in here day after day and talked about some pretty heinous crimes committed by kids the age of 14 or younger. Right. So, listen, do I like what's happening with our kids in the city? No. But- It's your job to do the law. You're not their dad. You're not their uncle. You're not their defense attorney. Let their defense attorney worry about that. And this brings us to weed. Now, again, I'm not somebody that feels like if you get busted by weed, you should spend the rest of your life in jail. I get that. I understand that. Violent people need to be behind bars. But the rationale that Ryan Mears gives as to
5: why he wants to do this
0: kind of rubs me the wrong way.
5: Uh, we made the decision not to prosecute simple possession of marijuana because we saw who used marijuana and we saw who ended up in our criminal justice system. And without question, it disproportionately impacted people of color. When we see injustice like that, we're going to act and we're going to act swiftly. Otherwise, we're part of the problem.
0: So it's not because he feels like weed should be legal or it's a minor crime. It's, well, too many people of color have been arrested, so we should probably stop prosecuting this. That's the rationale. Right. Like of all the angles to play on weed, <laughs> Here, <laughs> yes. Right. Like, and listen, I think there's a middle ground where a lot of us can say, you're right. If you get busted for a little bit of weed, slap on the wrist, pay a fine. Let's move on here. Right. But to say it's just because, well, too many African-Americans have been arrested because of weed so what happens when it becomes something more serious what happens if it becomes a more violent thing well we're arresting too many black people or too many white people so we're gonna have to change the way that we do things right what the hell is that the law is the law thank you (laughs) uh and speaking of the law again mindy winkler filling in for big nige red flags you knew that was going to come up in the debate last night uh Ryan Mears completely dropping the ball on the red flag case that allowed the FedEx shooter to maintain a weapon and go into FedEx and execute lots of innocent people. This is Cindy Carrasco talking about red flag laws.
2: It's also important to focus our efforts on prevention. And the red flag law is one of those tools, one of those critical tools that the prosecutor directly can use to prevent tragedies. Now what happened at FedEx could have been prevented had the prosecutor's office actually done a filing that would have potentially stopped the shooter from purchasing the guns. Because of that failure, eight people lost their lives. Samaria Blackwell will never go home and seven others will not. The prosecutor's office has to focus on using every single tool, every law on the books, just like that red flag law, so that people don't fall through the cracks, so that cases don't fall through the cracks. And we have to try. The prosecutor's office didn't even try in this case.
0: So this was Ryan Mears' response. And I want you to listen to this because this sounds like a guy that is using the prosecutor's office as a stepping stone to run for mayor. (laughs) This is a guy that wants to be the mayor so bad he can taste it, like he can't wait to get out of the prosecutor's office. He screwed this up. This
5: is his response. Uh, taking the gun away in that initial instance uh, is a good first step, but there has to be follow-up in terms of what can we do to try to help get that person into the type of resources that they need that will ultimately make a difference. Right now, we're just labeling people, and those labels don't make our community safer. What we need is a committed mental health uh, court, which is able to offer these types of resources to individuals, and as a requirement of the red flag law, if you do have a finding under the red flag law, there has to be some sort of follow-up treatment that an individual has to participate in
0: no you have to do your job it right. starts with that we could talk about all these other steps of okay what happens after we actually do our jobs here right. we'll have that conversation but this clown basically ignored it and what happened eight people died at fedex because he was too lazy to do his job again he doesn't want to be a prosecutor. He wants to be something bigger and better. He wants to be the mayor one day, and it's obvious the way he runs his office. Now, if you're somebody that lives on the west side of Indianapolis, whether you're a Republican, whether you're a Democrat, whether you're an independent, I want to get your thoughts on this because Ryan Mears' solution to the homeless problem downtown, the rowdy homeless problem, Well, we talk about this all the time. Even Guy Relford has been accosted by the homeless folks down here on the circle. His plan is just to take them all to these hotels over by the airport and uh, we'll go from there.
5: Let's just tackle the issue of homelessness right now. I think there's a concrete solution that we can have with people who are looking for housing. Uh, There are a number of hotels on the west side by the Indianapolis airport where instead of doing the traditional prosecution, what we need to do is when we have interactions with those individuals, we need to say, hey, we would prosecute you for this crime, but this is what we're willing to offer you. We'll put you up in this hotel and we'll put you out of here. We'll take you out of the downtown area and we'll get you involved in the services that you need. Uh, We can have a public defender appointed. We can have a judge involved in the process to monitor that individual and those are the types of things that number one are going to clear up some of the issues downtown but also uh, offer services and help to the individuals uh, that we too often see downtown i think that's one concrete thing that we can do that's pretty simple for us to put together
0: so the solution is to basically bus all of the mean homeless people downtown to some of these airport hotels.
3: Has he talked to the hotel industry about this first? I'm sure they're like, wait, what? And
0: I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm sure the airport loves that, too. <laughs> right. It's a state of the art airport. It's a first class airport. It wins awards after awards. Business travelers are coming in from all over the country and they're. <laughs> Probably gonna to wanna to stay in a hotel close to the airport and now they're gonna be embedded with violent, rowdy, homeless dudes. <laughs> exactly. This is unbelievable.
3: And I, I can I be part of that? I want I want a cleaning person every day and uh, it's, I mean,
0: jeez. And lastly here, this is both candidates on the safety of downtown.
2: Our reputation that our city, that our downtown is not safe, is not good for business. It's not good for Marion County, and it's not good for our city.
5: First of all, downtown is safe. Uh, (laughs) Downtown is safe. These talks and these conversations that we've had about what can we do to provide better opportunities for our homeless folks is something that we've been doing for the last three years. Uh, We haven't seen a lot of cooperation from the state. uh, And so that's one of the things that we're working on is to see what we can do to devote more resources to individuals uh, who want to help and want to make a difference because these programs do cost money.
0: So he's claiming he's not getting a lot of cooperation from the state. That's why downtown is not safe.
3: Let's pass the buck again. It's right. not
0: his fault. <laughs> so. so the FOP doesn't want anything to do with this guy, apparently. Uh, the state wants nothing to do with him. Hey, Taylor Swift, maybe it's you. <laughs> maybe you're the problem here. Maybe if you were tougher at your job and actually did your job, more people would be apt to work with you. The FOP has worked with Democratic prosecutors before. They did so with Terry Curry. But Ryan Mears, on the other hand, he doesn't want to prosecute. He wants to be a counselor. So those were some highlights of the debate that aired last night on RTV6. Again, if you want to check that entire thing out for yourself, I believe they got it posted on a YouTube link. And Kyle TK Dub, our producer, when I start hearing highlights of debates again, it takes me back to when the pandemic was kind of get rolling and there were a lot of debates about wearing masks.
1: The president is trying to have us cover the mass debate. CBS,
3: Target and Walgreens are getting in on the mass debate. The mass debate now taking center <laughs>
0: stage at local restaurants.
3: It's nine minutes after six now and there's new video of a raging mass debate. Oh! The mass debate hey! in Georgia is getting up. Oh! The great mass debate in West Virginia might soon be coming to an end.
4: This mass debate is far from over.
1: How many <laughs> mass debates have you gotten into?
3: Love <laughs> to hear it. The mass debate was taken to a whole nother level.
4: Okay. tells Pittsburgh's Action News 4, he found himself. In the middle
3: of a mass debate. (laughs) We'll dive deeper into this pet store mass debate. So, we're going to begin with this thing we're calling the great mass debate
0: pumpkins, candy, costumes, Halloween stuff. All right, so our producer, TKW, a very big, massive, burly, bulging man. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, you told me a story about a haunted house. That description that
3: reminded me of Christmas vacation, by the way. That's what I was going for.
0: <laughs> uh, you told me a story about a haunted house that at first I was like, what's wrong with you? But the more I thought about it,
4: I was actually proud of you. Thank you. So this was back in my Ball State days, chirp, chirp. Woo-hoo! There was a haunted house and me and this girl that I was with at the time, we decided to go. Well this was like The first time That I had ever been In a haunted house Since I was a little kid So I didn't really know What to expect Well anyways It's really dark When we get in there Like really dark So you can't really See anything Until they want you To see them They as in The people in the haunted house right. they are jumping right. out To scare you They're yeah.
0: waiting to scare The crap out right. of
4: you yeah. Well, there were no – I don't recall there ever being any, like, signs out front or anything. It was just you walked in, and there were different rooms and blah, 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 fog everywhere. Well, all of a sudden, the girl in front of me starts to move. Like, she's scared, so she's moving really fast. A guy jumps out grabs her by the ponytail. When
0: what? you say a guy, like one of the employees, yes. one of the scary yes. people at the haunted house. Wait, well, I
4: didn't
3: think they could touch you.
0: I, neither did I. Well, he grabs her, one
4: of the workers in the haunted house, grabs her by the ponytail and yanks her oh to what? the ground. I mean, he grabbed her so hard that she just crashed to the ground. And me... Being like, okay, I don't care. You, I don't care if that's part of the act or not. You don't do that to a woman of all people. No. So, without any hesitation, I punched this dude right in the face. Yeah. And I, I love remember it. he was wearing a rubber mask. Oh, so wow. I, I remember the uh, the feeling of his rubber mask just meeting my knuckles, and you heard this loud thud and this dude crashed to the ground I picked up the girl I literally carried her and we ran out and we never looked back so I have no idea like whatever happened to that dude in the haunted house
0: but i wanted to get the hell out of there i wonder if he
3: was like an ex-boyfriend or something i don't know but
0: all right so here's the question on twitter at hammer and nigel was mondo in the right because this employee at the haunted house his job is to scare the crap out of you he grabbed a girl by the hair she fell down mondo defended her honor and punched the dude's lights out was Mondo correct to do that? Was TKW correct to do that at Hammer and Nigel? Talk to me. Hey, hey. What, what,
6: what are you doing?
0: Hammer and Nigel on 93 WIBC. Never take an L, no. It is the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Mindy Winkler, pinch hitting for Big Nige. And let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Tony Kennett. Tony Kennett from Chalkboard Review, a longtime educator here in Indianapolis, STEM educator for IPS. Tony, we got a number of places we can start here, but um, a question that we talked about a little bit yesterday why in the hell is Randy Weingarten in Ukraine?
1: Well, you know, think if you're a teacher that's a member of the American Federation of Teachers, which is the teacher union that Randy is in charge of. You spend on average between 750 and $1,250 a year out of your own salary. It's taken before the paycheck even arrives in your hands. In some states, you are expected to pay this, kind of no other options. And uh, your union president is taking this money to go sightsee a war zone because she claims remote learning that is taking place over in Ukraine is hurting Ukrainian children.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But it didn't hurt ours, apparently, according to her. (laughs)
1: No, she was the one who advocated it to last longer. Right. But apparently this is damaging to Ukrainian children to learn remotely. I'm— Which is, she's correct. You know, again, a blind, everyone knows a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. So, you know, good for her for (laughs) realizing that remote learning is not ideal for all children. Right. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, spending your teacher's uh, hard-earned money, which you already say they don't have enough of anyway, to go sightseeing Across, Because, you know, she's not just going alone. They have to provide security for her and and lodging and and food and transportation and probably, you know, spending money to make sure that her visit's not a waste of time, at least in her eyes. That's going to be a sizable chunk of cash that's going to her showboating. She's not going there to accomplish anything. She wasn't invited. This is just her showboating, right? This is a photo op. So what's the end game here? So if she gets
0: a picture with Zelensky or if she gets pictures with some school kids in Ukraine, what's the end game for her?
1: I mean, the end game is a big nothing. I mean, th- thinking about this from a communications and marketing perspective, what a waste of money! Um, there is no photo with any individual that has like skyrocketed you into fame and fortune. You know, we've had Dave Rubin on the podcast for Chalkboard Review. We've had Jeb Bush. We've had Scott Walker. We've had a lot of you know big individuals in both education and in politics. But none of those guests have skyrocketed us into prominence. That's not how that's supposed to work, and that's a very poor understanding of marketing and communications if she thinks that taking a picture with Zelensky is going to change the day. The man's already opened up the New York Stock Exchange one day. He's been on practically every show except The Bachelor. I'm really (laughs) amazed how they think this is going to provide anything for them. And
0: again, it's not like there was some big success story that she wants to share throughout the world. Look what has happened to our school-age children because of her leadership. And as I said yesterday, Tony, and I've told you this before, too, this had nothing to do with making sure the children were safe. This was about getting a wish list accomplished for all of the teachers that pay their dues in their union and now she's gonna take the I'm wrecking education world tour over to Ukraine.
1: You remember when Angela Jolie or Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt just started adopting children from random African countries like it was a bingo game? Yes. everyone criticized this because they're like, well it's not actually about adopting children. You're virtue signaling. You don't actually you're literally going to random countries doing a little press conference and then picking up a child whose name Angelina could not even pronounce and, and everyone criticized it for it. It was a big scandal in the yachts. And now here we are. You have Randy. There's no reason for her really to go over there. Like you said, there's no story. There's not actually any reason that she should be putting herself at risk. If you go to Ukraine, that's a very serious safety risk. There's no reason that she should be putting the AFT in that kind of a situation where they could suddenly be without her leadership. Of course, it would be for, you know, the, the – uh, some kind of marketing grand strategy, I suppose, that she's going at all, but it just seems like this was a whim of someone who just wants more attention.
3: Do you think that she went over there hoping that they were being successful working at home, doing schoolwork at home, and it backfired on her, and now she's like having to backtrack a little bit?
1: So you're actually trying to inject some logic (laughs) into the Wine Garden's movement. And I appreciate that. Um, And that's very interesting. But the guy that runs into the middle of the street... And screams, you need to ride a donkey and then throws a beer bottle at the side of a building. You don't try to, like, logically think of why he (laughs) ran into the street, why he threw the alcohol. You just say, wow, that's a crazy individual. And that's really what's going on here. She's just a loon.
0: Last thing here before we move on from this story, are there teachers who are part of the union that feel like they kind of have to be part of the union or they're going to get left out, that are completely embarrassed by this and view this as a complete waste of their money? Or are most of the teachers in the union like, hell yeah, Randy, go to Ukraine. (laughs) Look like Joe Namath. We believe in you.
1: I have been in a lot of teachers' lounge conversations in my time in education. And uh, specifically at Lawrence North, uh, there were uh, a lot of great science faculty there, still is, And we would sit in the teacher's lounge at lunch. And I never heard them. I think almost all of them were members of the union. And I never heard them say one good thing about Becky Pringle or any of the uh, uh, NEA leadership or any of the local ISTA leadership. They just don't matter. National union leadership does not matter to 99 percent of the American public school teachers. Uh, I will say a lot of teachers, I'd say a majority of teachers, are probably a part of the union because they feel like they have to be. But this is one of the reasons that I continue to advocate and assist Uh, public school teachers in indiana at least because that's you know i'm a local i try to help them leave the indiana state teachers association because it doesn't really do anything for them anymore there's no reason to be a part of it and that's why i've helped over 180 teachers leave the ista in the last couple of years
0: tony kennett with us from chalkboard review uh there's this story from michigan where hundreds of muslim protesters shut down a michigan school board meeting over sexually explicit lgbtq books take me through what's happening in michigan
1: yeah so some parents who do not share the same values as the very woke progressive left went to a school board meeting and expressed their displeasure and then the school board thought hmm what are in front of me are parents who are very deeply religious who are very deeply ingrained in the um islamic faith and they take their faith seriously. So what I'm going to do is be condescending and tell them basically to calm down and that it's no big deal. Oh. That their children are reading stories about transgender this and and sex change that and all of this other nonsense that that is that is absolutely haram to uh, the people of Islam. And so of course they were upset. And what I think the biggest takeaway from this. Uh, that continues to resound is that it doesn't appear that it's it's the white Christo fascist angry Christians who are the who are against this kind of stuff. You see uh, traditional Orthodox Jews. Uh, you see Protestants, you see Catholics, you see those who are Islam. You even see some uh, Hindu and Buddhist and Sikh groups that are very much against this kind of of predation and this kind of harmful material being in front of children.
0: Tony Kennett, Chalkboard Review. Uh, One more thing here, Tony, before we let you go. Big story in the political world yesterday. We think it's a big story. We're not even really sure. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard announced that she is no longer a member of the Democrat Party. The debate we had was, does this move the needle for anybody? Does Tulsi Gabbard have a following to where they will say, all right, you know what? We're leaving the Democratic Party, too. Or is this just Tulsi trying to drum up a little bit of attention for herself? What are your thoughts?
1: So, uh, honestly, I think that this goes back to our conversation that we had uh, the other day when I was on the air about uh, franchise teams. And we were talking about how it's it's been really rough to be a Colts fan for a long time. Because the Colts' leadership keeps making really dumb decisions. It doesn't seem like we're going anywhere. And I let the most horrible truth know on the air that I had left the Colts about five years ago for the Eagles, and that's now who I support. And there, there came a time where I just could not handle any more inept nonsense from Indianapolis, and I, I changed you know what sports team I was affiliated with. And I think that what you're seeing is a lot of the same, and this is why I think that it matters. It shows there's a breaking point. You can only go so far into complete insanity before you lose everyone except for your most vehement base supporters. We're seeing a little bit of this with Trump on the right it, just in in recent months. Um, you know we had that very weird tweet out on True Social. Uh, that was a very, very disturbing kind of a racist sort of thing to say about Mitch McConnell's wife. He said some things uh, since then that have been kind of questionable. And you see a lot of people going, ah, okay, maybe I I just really don't want you to run again. And I think that's really what we're seeing here. Tulsi on the left is like, you know what, I've been kind of waiting and hoping for you guys to turn things around, to realize that the majority of Americans just want calm, rational, classical American debate and ideology discussions – and that's just not what she's getting out of the Democrat Party. And so she vamoosed.
3: I was impressed that she's finally opened her eyes. I wish others would. Do you think when she, that last bit that she talked about, she was almost like inviting people to join her. I felt felt like it was very Jerry Maguire, like, who's coming with me? Do you think any of them will? <laughs> I mean, do you think they're like, well, no, I'm, no, I like my paycheck too much on this side? I mean, do you think that, that she's going to make any kind of impact on her other fellow um, colleagues?
1: Well, the only other person that I would even consider, as far as a colleague standpoint, on leaving is Mansion. But Mansion is, is actually kind of getting more blue by the day. Uh, he, he seems to kind of be bowing his head because he, he thinks that's where uh, the beds are made. And I don't know if that's really a good idea. As far as nationally, a lot of people are just – they didn't like her anyway because she went against the grain of the Democrat Party. The Democrat is very unilateral in thought, especially on the progressive wing. And so it makes a lot of sense for them to just kind of get rid of her because she was you know, the thorn in their side. That said, this doesn't really make me a a Tulsi fan. I still think that she is an incredible threat to uh, the Second Amendment. Uh, As well as some other issues that she's seen in the past, she still is very ideologically on the left in some structural and statist ways, which is weird because she does have some libertarian tendencies. But I think that this is a very important first step. I hope that a lot of moderates uh, and a lot of the politically homeless, you know, that have left the Democrats in the last couple of years find this encouraging. And I hope that this does become a trend nationally, although I'm skeptical of it being one.
0: If anybody wants to follow your work or reach out to you, what's the best thing they can do?
1: you should head over to ChalkboardReview.com and sign up for our newsletter where you can get all of the latest and greatest news without a bunch of annoying extra junk. And if you are, you know, a sadist, a masochist, you just really don't (laughs) like yourself, you should follow me over on Twitter at The Tonus. Tony Kennett, Chalkboard Review.
0: My man, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. It's The Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. You believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So
2: let's rock
0: it. Hey now! My name is Jason Hammer. Matt Bear's in the traffic center. TK Dub is running the show. Mindy Winkler is in for Big Nige. Seems like we got the gang all here. With that being said, let's do a little legal stuff crime, punishment, judges. Legal stuff. So, the last couple of days, we've been talking about Indiana congressional candidate Jennifer Ruth Green. How she was basically outed. Her sexual assault was outed yeah. by Politico and reporter Adam Wren. Now, there's a lot of chatter about whether or not her opponent in this congressional race, Frank Mervin, who's basically. The incumbent here, he's a member of Congress, did he reach out to his cronies to dig up some dirt and give it to this little weasel of a writer at Politico, Adam Wren? And how is this
3: dirt, though? This is something painful that happened to her, not something she did.
0: Well, the thing is, I think they were looking for other stuff, but they were just so nonchalant in their duties. They were so quick to try to own the conservatives they posted her sexual assault, yeah. which she did not want to be posted. So last night, Jennifer Ruth Green went on with Sean Hannity to discuss this publicly for the first time.
7: Jennifer, first of all, I'm sorry about what you went through, number one. Number two, you you were begging people not to disclose that you were a victim of a horrific crime. Why wouldn't they respect that?
6: that- you know, that's absolutely right. This has been a very difficult time for my family and me, but let me first say that God is always only good. Um, you know, Congressman Frank Ravan, a sitting member of Congress, he legally obtained my records. They were never released through FOIA. He selectively grabbed records to spear me and uh, just to smear me and to trivialize this trauma just to win. He's losing this race. He has nothing to stand on because he cannot focus on the fact that he is hurting Hoosiers and he has simply just taken the economy and torn it down and voted to spend three trillion dollars. He has nothing to stand on. And so this is what he decided to go after. And it's a very traumatic thing for me.
0: And. Again, the writer that chose to run with that is somebody from Indiana. It's somebody that has worked with Indianapolis Monthly here in India before and is the self- admitted pencil neck that Greg Garrison was talking about in an interview he did with us once. Greg Garrison mentioned some pencil neck intern before, and I had no idea who he was talking about. I just figured it was somebody that was you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, whatever. Right. But then I got a tweet from Adam Wren where he basically outed himself as the pencil <laughs> neck. So Adam Moran of Politico, that's where he writes now, among other places, was the one that did the Cheap Shot article here. Mm-hmm. So make sure you remember who it was right. when it comes down to it. Next time you have the opportunity to skip over an article, think about what this guy represents. Because this is beyond politics. Mindy, you know this. I would love to get your perspective on this as a woman. All is fair with politics politics, right? If you've got a bad policy, if you got popped for a DUI, if, you know, you're Herschel Walker and you say, I'm against abortion, but it turns out you might have paid for one, right. all of that's fair game. Did this go too far?
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, this is, again, this is something that happened to her. It was traumatic. That's like, you know, attacking someone's family member that passes away or a child, you know, that's, they're not the ones running. And this is a situation that has nothing to do with, with her doing the job how would that have any impact
0: right because some would argue that whether it's donald trump jr or hunter biden now they're not children they're grown-ass men right but they put themselves out there right so they're fair game when it comes to this kind of stuff right uh but young kids like Barron should Correct. not be involved in this the obama girls should not be involved in anything like that if you're somebody that's young or does not want to be part of this then it's kind of understood you leave that alone and the same goes for sexual assault if you're the victim of it. Right. It's not like, you know, there's a story where oh my God, this person was charged with it. This woman was on the receiving end and it was outed by a political reporter and her political opponents just to try to score some points.
3: And what points did they think they were going to score? It actually makes them look like
0: big jerks. I mean, it really does. Uh, More legal stuff here. The Biden administration yesterday urged the Supreme Court to steer clear of any legal fight over those classified documents seized during the Mar-a-Lago raid uh, at Trump's Florida estate. The Supreme Court is debating whether or not an emergency appeal from former President Trump asking to overturn a lower court ruling and permit an independent arbiter or special master, as it's known as, uh, to review the roughly 100 documents with classified markings that were taken in the August 8th raid. So you've got the Biden administration, their Department of Justice, trying to tell the Supreme Court what to do. (laughs) Good luck with that. Right. As they say in the movie Dodgeball, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see (laughs) if it plays out for you. Even though that weasel Roberts doesn't count, this is still a conservative Supreme Court. Now, sometimes they don't always act like it. Again, take Roberts out because he's a weasel. But there have been some things that Kavanaugh and Gorsuch have signed off on that I was a little surprised about. But who do you think you are getting to boss around the Supreme Court, especially when you basically justified people protesting in front of their homes to where one lunatic tried to kill Brett Kavanaugh? Right, right. They're in no position to bow down to you <laughs> at all, and they don't feel like any favors are owed. Let's make that perfectly clear. Uh, speaking of one specific president, why don't we check in? With wheelin', dealin', hair-sniffin', kiss-stealin', Joe Biden. I got hairy legs. Screwin' it, and I suffer depression. <laughs> <laughs> My butt been wiped. My butt's been wiped. <laughs> Uh, So Joe Biden sat down with Jake Tapper for an interview on CNN. And at one point, his cheat sheet like fell out of his sleeve, like it fell on the floor. (laughs) And Jake Tapper like picks up the cheat sheet and like hands it back to Joe Biden That's how much this dude does not have the fastball anymore. He can't even sit down and talk to a friendly media outlet, somebody that's willing to carry his water like CNN without having a cheat sheet. Uh, But uh, here is uh, President Applesauce Brains talking about the recession.
1: Bank of America says the U.S. could start losing one hundred and seventy five thousand jobs a month. Gas prices are on the rise again. Should the American people prepare for a recession?
4: no look they've been saying this now how every every six months they say this every six months they look down the next six months and see what's going to happen it hadn't happened yet it hadn't there, there has there is no there's no guarantee that they're going to be, i don't think there will be a recession if it is it'll be a very slight recession oh. that is we'll move <laughs> down slightly i didn't know there we'll, were angles uh, look, of recession think about what's happened we have done more. We're in a better position than any other major country in the world, economically and politically. First of all, that's
0: completely false. <laughs> second we are of in all, a recession. <laughs> second of all, based off of the definition that has been used every single year up until this year, where your administration changed the definition, <laughs> it's a recession. It's been multiple quarters in a row of negative growth. Now, I don't claim to be a rocket scientist here, but every other year that's been a recession. Right. I think that if this were a Republican president and the numbers were the same, you guys would be calling it a recession, but you changed the definition of it so you could sleep at night saying, oh, there's no recession here. Well, we'll change the definition. That's what we'll do. (laughs) This is ridiculous. Uh, Mondo, can I get some mood music, please?
3: Oh, it was in Beverly Hills Cop. There you go.
0: So this story from Greensburg, it's not quite banana in the tailpipe from Beverly Hills Cop, but it's close. (laughs) A Decatur County man was arrested after the Indiana State Police say he tampered with a local judge's vehicle. Oh, I read about this. (laughs) According to the State Police, the Greensburg, Greensburg Police Department was sent to a parking lot when a... Decatur County judge had experienced car trouble. The judge told police he was unable to start his truck, and when he got outside to take a look, someone had put spray foam insulation inside of his truck's tailpipe. (laughs) So instead of putting the banana in there, they sprayed foam insulation in there, insulation, and an investigation led to the arrest of some dude named Jimmy Colson 62 of Flat Rock Indiana he was preliminarily charged with intimidation and criminal mischief Again, banana in the tailpipe greater than foam insulation <laughs> If you're gonna do it do it right that's all I'm saying
5: <laughs> Emma and Nigel
0: presents.
2: Is- It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is
1: this anything? W Y P C.
0: So this is how we play. Is this anything? I'm going to run some stories by Mindy Winkler, who's filling in for Big Nige. Mindy's going to break down all of the information, and she will give us a verdict: is this story anything or not? We start with this. Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. They are putting together a petition to have McDonald's add an item to their menu that's a mac and cheese Big Mac, where it's basically your traditional Big Mac, but you could also get it with craft Macaroni and Cheese on it. Oh, my God. Is this anything? A uh, heart attack waiting to happen. <laughs> oh, stop with your health crap. Listen, sister, if you're going to come into this room and start with your healthy eating crap, maybe this isn't the room you need to be in. I've spent 25 bucks on Taco Bell at the drive-thru on myself before. So save your bull crap, all right? Mondo, let me go to you. This is everything. Thank you. Now, Mindy
4: Hammer, for the longest time, every cookout that I've ever gone to, I have always put macaroni and cheese on my burger.
3: Seriously? Seriously. I I like the two, but I don't like them touching. I
4: do. I love it. (laughs) I want them to touch, and I want it in my stomach. So when I saw that Kraft is going to put macaroni and cheese on the Big Mac, I'm in. I'm all in. Tell me where to sign this
0: petition. <laughs> LFG, let's go. And even if they don't get it done, now you can go to McDonald's, get a couple Big Macs, do it at home. Make your own craft macaroni and cheese. Because some people make it a little differently. Right? Some people add a little milk, some people add a little salt or pepper to it. It's your own house recipe. Dump that thing in the Big Mac. <laughs> now, Mondo, let me go back to you because Mindy's dead to me. <laughs> dead? Would you? <laughs> Mindy is dead. Mindy is dead. Would you put the mac and cheese in a bowl, take the Big Mac, and maybe dip it in the mac and cheese? Sure. As opposed to putting it on top? Yeah,
4: I, I, I don't judge. I'll do whatever. <laughs> it's all, <laughs> listen, it's all
0: going to the same place. You're not
3: worried about your bun getting soggy? No,
0: no, I like soggy buns. <laughs> What's happening here? I feel like I've lost control of this segment. And it's usually Mindy that takes us down the <laughs> the horrible road that we go down. Mindy, you're a bad influence.
3: <laughs> I've heard that before. I'm a fun-fluence.
4: There, I
1: like that better.
0: <laughs> so this brings us to great moments in Mac and McDonald's history. See, they're McDonald's. <laughs> I'm McDonald's. <laughs> they got the golden arches. Mine is the golden I See, they got the big Mac. I got the big Mick. <laughs> great moments uh. in Mac and McDonald's history. <laughs> <laughs> is this anything... There was a fun moment in the midst of the disaster recovery efforts in Florida. Volunteers near Fort Myers, they were helping clean up after Hurricane Ian and they found a piano that had washed up upon the shore. Oh wow. A piano and they started playing it. Take a listen here as one of the volunteers takes control and starts playing Kansas City. <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> Come on, play it. Play it, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is this anything, Mindy? That's awesome.
3: Kind of reminds me of the guys on the t- movie Titanic that are still playing as everybody's falling off the boat. <laughs>
0: right, right.
3: But it's kind it's uplifting. It's kind of giving some you know good spirits to everyone.
0: And man, that just shows you how strong these hurricanes and these storms are. This is a big freaking piano oh, right. that washed up on shore. Yeah. This wasn't like somebody's you know umbrella to their gazebo. This was a big freaking piano. So, we're going to play a little game here, Mindy. It's called Know Your Piano Songs. Oh, goodness. We're going to play you just a small snippet of a song. Okay. You have to tell us what the song is, okay? Okay. Number one.
3: Oh, um, that's nine to five, Dolly Parton. Thank you.
0: And ESPN, you better have the queen at Knoxville this weekend.
3: Do you know that 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 noise that sounds like a typewriter is her doing this?
0: It's her actual nails. Yes.
3: I heard her talk about it. She was like, she said it was her nails in the, into the mic.
0: That's awesome. All right, one down, number two.
3: Piano Man. There you go.
0: <laughs> Which, honestly, there's more harmonica than there, there is piano. That's true. But yes. All right, now, this is the last one. This might be a little tougher. Great ball of fire. There we go.
3: I love you some Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs>
0: Goose over here wasn't going to miss.
3: That's right. Great balls of fire.
0: (laughs) Goose and rooster over here. Uh, Last one. Is this anything? Ego has announced they're getting into the eggnog game. Ego Nog will be coming out this holiday season. It's an eggnog liqueur flavored with rum, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's a collaboration between Ego and the folks from Sugarlands Distilling. Is this anything?
3: Yes, and can we have them bring us a sample as they first bring it out?
0: (laughs) Oh, so you're fine with the Eggo nutmeg, you know, eggnog, but boy, we want to put mac and cheese on a Big Mac. That's where Queenie draws the line over here.
3: I love eggnog, and I especially love alcohol-infused eggnog.
0: So, Mindy, I don't know if you knew this. We had access to a time machine on this program. Uh, let's jump into the Hammer and Nigel Show Hot Tub Time Machine and see what our Christmas party would look like with Ego Eggnog. Hey, let go my eggnog, you son of a... <laughs> let go my eggnog. That's pretty much how that would go down. <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
1: Baby, 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 baby. I'm a fireball. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC.
0: It is The Hammer and Nigel Show. Big Nigel is out today. Mindy Winkler is in. And let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on candidate for prosecutor, Republican Cindy Carrasco. Cindy, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here. Last night... RTV6 aired the debate that you had against Ryan Mears. This was taped in the morning, I believe two days ago, and it aired last night. Uh, For those who did not get a chance to watch it, uh, what was your takeaway from last night?
2: Well, thanks for having me on, guys, uh, to talk about this debate. It was an incredibly important discussion about the future of our city. And my takeaway was that you had two completely different pictures about visions for the prosecutor's office. You had Ryan Mears focus on social programs, talking about the laws that he's not going to enforce, and every now and then, he'd sprinkle a reference or two to accountability. I spent my time talking about the public safety crisis that is um, plaguing our city. I talked about the need for safety. I talked about being laser-focused on holding violent and repeat offenders accountable, working with our law enforcement and our faith-based communities in partnership to reduce violence, And it was like we were completely living in two different cities. The reality is that uh, Ryan Mears just seemed out of touch. And I was uh, just shocked that twice he said that our downtown Indianapolis is safe. Out of touch is is my takeaway.
3: It was jaw-dropping, actually, to watch him say that, like, you know, as if— He's oblivious to everything that's been going on for the last couple of years and the fact that, you know, my other position, Cindy, here, I don't get out until midnight at night. And I thank goodness we have a parking garage here because I've been a nervous wreck. My husband is nervous every time I come down to work in the evening. And because our streets are not safe, we used to – Indianapolis used to be known for be, being a very welcoming place. And now, you know, p- people are petrified to come downtown. So how, you, how can he justify – anything he was saying last
2: night, I love that you kept putting him in his place. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right, Mindy. And one of the things that I I probably should have said is, is I've been talking to people, especially women who live downtown, a comment that one of the women said to me said, try being a woman living downtown Indianapolis and walking late at night and see how that feels. See how safe you actually feel. So it is jaw dropping. I think that's that's a great way to put it.
0: One of the things that I noticed from watching this debate, Cindy, was. You've got Ryan Mears once again giving that lazy, tired, played-out argument that uh, the Republicans, they have no solutions. All they want to do is lock everybody up for every offense for the rest of their lives. I heard that in the debate last night. And again, we've had this conversation on our show before. That's not the case at all. I think a lot of people in Indianapolis— They're fine with, you know, some of these smaller crimes being plea bargained out, whatever, but violent repeat offenders, people who are threats to society. Yeah, they should be locked up in jail for the rest of their lives or at least for a long
2: time. That's right. This is a distraction tactic that uh, Ryan Mears is using, saying, oh, she wants to put everybody in jail. Absolutely not. It's about balance, and that's what I talked about yesterday. When you have violent repeat offenders being put out on our streets over and over and over and over again, that's what I'm talking about. And every single person that I've talked to agrees, hey, at some point, you have to face the consequences. But that does not by any means say, I'm going to throw everybody in jail. Absolutely not. It's about balance.
0: And the other thing that caught my attention was how it's everybody else's fault that crime (laughs) happens in Indianapolis, (laughs) according to Ryan Mears. It's the judges. It's everybody else's fault. That's fine. But when you are the face of justice in Marion County, when you are the prosecutor, you have to be a little bit of a fighter. And you had a great line in that debate of we can talk We can walk and chew gum at the same time because Ryan Mears was making it look like, well, my hands are tied here. It's everybody else's fault but me. I thought that was a really interesting moment.
2: It's just more of the same. Like you said, Ryan Mears blaming everybody else. It's the legislature. It's the laws. It's the judges. Never once did I hear him talk about what he or his office could do. And that's what I talk about, is your next Marion County prosecutor has to have the leadership. That's what we need to be looking for. We need a leader who is willing to work with everybody to start making a change in our community and unless we get somebody who is a leader who accepts responsibility who is willing to shake things up and actually make a difference to our community nothing's going to change he's had his opportunity he's had his three-year job interview and it's time for us as the citizens of Marion County to give him his review and it status quo is not working
3: I- Stands quo not I love that you specified too, and clear, and to that you're not totally against plea deals because people immediately go there. Oh, right. you know, and you you are very good at explaining. No, that's not what I'm saying. It's just that every one of these should not be a plea deal, and we should not be letting these guys just walk in and out of the door because there's and feel no real consequence
2: for their actions. Well, you know, he talks about his conviction rate and how it's the highest conviction rate that it's ever been his whole entire time in the office. And it's odd on me. Then why is it that during his tenure, during his when he's got the highest conviction rate, according to him, that Indianapolis has had the three worst years of crime in its history? I don't care about the conviction rate. I want to know that my city is safe. I want to know that 180 people haven't been shot or killed here in our city. What does it matter what your conviction rate when we have those types of numbers when it comes to non-fatal shootings or shootings or stabbings in our city? That's what I care about. To
3: be so- about the retention rate more so, not the <laughs> conviction rate. Of course you're going to have a high conviction right. rate if you're doing the same
2: guys every time. Or if you're or if you're even cherry picking which cases you're going to take to trial. Right. You know, that's huge. He doesn't talk about that. He doesn't talk about the data. He doesn't give us a real picture of the types of cases that are actually going into the Marion County Prosecutor's Office. And the fact that most of those cases are being resolved through sweetheart
0: plea deal. Cindy Carrasco is our guest. She is running for prosecutor here in Marion County. We're less than 30 days away uh, until the election. Uh, Cindy, do you think that... The moderator last night, Rafael Sanchez of RTV6, who I have a lot of respect for. I consider Rafael uh, a friend. He used to come on our podcast shows. One of the real nice guys uh, I've ever met. But do you think he was a little soft on Ryan Mears when it came to the FedEx shooting and the dropped ball on the red flag laws?
2: You know, it's interesting to me that uh, (laughs) when we talked about red uh, flag, we kept coming back to, uh, well, what would you do to improve the law? And Ryan kept talking about the fact that, well, you have to have, you know, these wraparound services, and it would be great. The law still needs changes. It's very simple, folks. We just need to actually do the work file the cases and that alone is going to make a huge factor it's coming back to the very fundamental basic job of the prosecutor file the cases first and then let's talk about if there is a need for uh for any improvements so i wish that uh the takeaway from that piece of the debate is that people understand ryan likes to talk about all the failures of the law and how the laws need to be improved. Just do the job. Use the laws on the book. Let's start there.
0: And, Cindy, not that you need any more material for the campaign. Uh, The Ryan Mears time in office has been one big piece of campaign material for you. The last week and a half, what we've seen here in Marion County with Again, habitual, violent threats to society getting out because of either a sweetheart plea deal or incompetence from the Marion County court system and the prosecutor's office. Uh, This is embarrassing, and I'm hoping that the people in Indianapolis understand what's at stake here less than 30 days from now.
2: It is embarrassing, it's, and it's devastating. More importantly than embarrassing is that it's resulting in people in our community dying. And, you know, I ended that uh, debate by asking a very simple question, and this is the question that I would like your listeners to ask themselves. And I would like your listeners to go out and ask their neighbors, do you actually feel safer today than you did last year or the year before that? And I guarantee you that the answer is no. And if for some reason you do feel safer today, then be my guest and vote for Ryan Mears. But our city is in crisis. Nobody feels safe today or safer today than they did last year. And it's absolutely time for a change. Ryan Mears has had his chance. We need a change. I ask for your support and for your vote. Uh, Starting today is early voting. Uh, November 8th is right around the corner. Our city's uh, safety and the future of our city is at stake. There's no more important race than this one. Please vote for Cindy.
0: And again, Cindy, I've said this on our show quite a bit. If you're somebody that normally just votes blue right? You live in Marion County and you are a registered voter and you just check the all Democrat box. I'm employing people to change their minds this year. You can vote however you want. I'm not telling you what to do, but what do you have to lose by making a change with the prosecutor right now? Because you're right. The last three years have been unacceptable. 200 homicides is not acceptable in Indianapolis. And when you look at how many violent repeat offenders have been behind that what do we have to lose at this point
2: their status quo isn't working amplify your voice and just because you may have always voted one way or the other look at the candidates figure out who's actually going to do the job Figure out who's actually interested in the safety of Indianapolis. Who doesn't sit there and say, oh, downtown is safe. It was like you were listening to people talking about one saying the sky is blue and the other one saying the sky is green. Completely out of touch. Please uh, make sure that you go out to vote. Make sure that you're informed on who to vote for. And again, the status quo just isn't
0: working she is online cindy for indy that's cindy with an i cindy for indy.com cindy carrasco thank you so much for your time
2: thanks for having
0: me it's the hammer and nigel show
2: have a holly
6: jolly christmas
3: it's the best
6: time it's a little early to be
3: playing this
0: don't you think you shut your whore mouth mindy (laughs) winkler (laughs) (laughs) there's a reason we're playing this okay Uh, (laughs) According to Business Insider, massive discounts could be coming for the holiday shopping season. Oh. So this data collection firm, uh, they did a report said that about one trillion online retail transactions have helped predict sales patterns for november 1st to december 31st of this year the report found that categories like electronics toys and computers could see major price cuts it's a way to get people to come out and actually shop because the way things are priced right now everything costs more the recession they basically need a gimmick to get people to come out right
3: so when they say major, though, is it still going to be more expensive than we
0: are used to in the past? Right. Well, that's the old Black Friday trip, right? right. Like, they jack up all the prices originally, but then they lower it back down to what it were. Oh, my goodness. Look at the Such savings. Such a deal. According to this report, uh, price cuts could see 32% and above, especially for electronics, toys, and computers. And the biggest savings are expected to fall between Thanksgiving and and Cyber Monday. Okay. So, if you want to get a little head start on the holidays, there you go. Mindy hates Christmas.
3: (laughs) I do not hate Christmas. We just haven't even got to Halloween yet.
0: All right, so we're going to talk about this with the coupon lady when she comes up, because she's a Christmas queen, too. We've got that. We've got Casey Daniels and the top stories of the day coming up next.
1: Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it.
0: It is the Hammer and Friends show. <laughs> Mindy Winkler's my friend. You've been here for the last couple of days. Thank you for filling in.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: Um, coming up here in uh, just about thirty minutes, Casey Daniels will join us from the Kindle and Casey yes, show. Another woman. And then in about uh, fifteen minutes, the crazy coupon lady, Crystal Hammer, will I join. The us. The
3: right day.
0: It's Ladies' Hour <laughs> here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Ooh, it's a lady. That's my Leon Phelps ladies man right there. Uh, Coming up here in just a moment, if you missed any of this Fetterman interview with NBC, this thing was a dumpster fire. We've got some audio for you, but interesting story here in Indy. A Native American association has told the Indianapolis Indians, we want you to keep your name. Now, this goes against the narratives of a lot of very woke white people in this country, Mm -hmm. Uh, but the Native American Guardians Association, this is the same group that's fighting for the Atlanta Braves and Chicago Blackhawks to also keep their name. This was the same group that did not want the Washington Redskins to ultimately change their name, and they didn't want the Cleveland Indians to change their name either. This group feels like it's an honor to have their heritage be put out there on these sports franchises. They're imploring the Indianapolis Indians, please don't change your name. Oh, I love that. I've got my
3: mom's best friend was a Cherokee Indian, and my one of my really good friends, Holly, is an Indian. And they're like, "Why is everybody thinking? Why would they ask us <laughs> what we think? Why is it some? Why are people that have no heritage in this the ones
0: speaking for us?" Right. Well, it was kind of like what happened with the Aunt Jemima syrup situation. Right. The family and the ancestors of Aunt Jemima were like. Please don't cancel... Our heritage here right we love seeing our loved one on the bottle but white people are offended woke white people are offended so now they're going to have to change everything completely well
3: you know anderson high school got it completely attacked by a woke white woman for their whole um their whole dance that they do which has been super cool it gives you chills i remember that and it's the end you know they were wanting them to get rid of it it's like this is tradition and every and there, there's no way that's not making fun in any way shape or form it's 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 literally honoring this.
0: Right. And the Atlanta Braves, I know for a fact, they work with, you know, the local Indian groups in the greater Georgia area and they're part of the marketing campaign and the, you know, they get money and things like that. So this is a deal that's worked out. It's been the Indianapolis Indians since 1902, but now times are changing. To quote the movie PCU, it's a different ball game out there right now. But this group uh, says they want the name to stay the same. This is a uh, spokesperson for the group. Quote, I have talked personally to the president of the Indians and told him, please do not change. We've encouraged the team to retain the Indians name and the logo. Yay. So that kind of goes against a lot of uh, wokeness, so to speak, because well, the Indians to their, you know point here, they have kind of toyed with the idea of changing their name and logo. Right. Uh, they've got, quote, research going on.
3: Well, it makes me think though, of Cleveland. Wh- what about the movie Major League now? <laughs> the whole thing is the Cleveland Indians. Right. So, now you've changed. Are they going to do one of those, like, digital edit
0: edits? Like, at the end of that one Star Wars movie where now they edit in Hayden Christensen coming out at the end? <laughs> is Ricky Vaughn going to come out to a Guardian shirt on?
3: Right. Come on. The little graphics that are out there. <laughs> right, right.
0: Um. So NBC's Dasha Burns, she's a reporter for NBC News. She had a one-on-one interview with John Fetterman of Pennsylvania. Now, this is the guy that had the stroke not that long ago, but he's still running for Senate. Hell, he's still leading in the polls against Dr. Oz. Now, this is important. Even if you don't live in Pennsylvania, this is important because... If this guy gets in the Senate, he's a lunatic, right. and he's going to vote along with Bernie Sanders and all these other sycophants every step of the way. He can't put together coherent sentences right now. He's having a hard time recovering from the stroke. But at the same time, you want to be one of the one hundred most powerful people in the world, so this is a problem. Dasha Burns of NBC News. She asked Fetterman if there are any other health issues that the public should be concerned with.
7: Things like in terms that. of any, any symptoms related to the stroke or any other conditions, you know, um, you hadn't disclosed the AFib you were diagnosed with uh, five years ago. Is there anything else that is in your health record, any other conditions or symptoms that you have not told voters about?
5: As far as I know, yeah.
7: As far as you know, there's there's nothing else?
5: Yeah, I don't think so.
7: All right.
0: See, the thing is, he has a hard time understanding what the questions are. Right. He's got some sort of software device, almost like closed captioning, where he's trying to wait until the question gets asked and he reads it off the proctor. Sometimes he goes too early. And listen, I hope the guy recovers. Anybody that's had a loved one go through a stroke, it's very tough. Right. And it's a hard recovery. And it's a lot of patience and frustrating moments. I hope the guy gets the help he needs. But also, you can't send that guy to the United States Senate. He can't be making decisions for the rest of us when he's trying to recover his own health. Listen to this, here's another example of what happened on NBC. Dasha is going to ask him, are you committed to showing up on the 25th for the debate? He first says no, but then he says, oh yes, of course.
7: You've got a debate coming up in a couple of weeks. There's been a lot of debate about the debate Are you committed to showing up on October 25th to debate your opponent no matter what happens?
5: No, I'm I'm not. I'm not concerned. Uh, I believe that's another opportunity to be transparent and people can make their own decisions uh, during the debate.
7: Sorry, to clarify, are are you committed to showing up on October 25th no matter what, no matter what your opponent says or does?
5: Well, yeah, of course I'm going to show up on the 25th.
0: And again, I've not edited any of this audio. You can watch it in its entirety. Now, the reporter, again, Dasha Burns, she was asked on the air how this interview worked.
7: Uh, We had a monitor set up so that he could read my questions because he still has lingering auditory processing issues as a result of the stroke, which means he has a hard time understanding what he's hearing. Now, once he reads the question, he's able to understand. You'll hear he also still has some uh, problems, some challenges with speech. And I'll say, Katie, that just in some of the small talk prior to uh, the interview, before the closed captioning was up and running, it did seem that uh, he had a hard time understanding our our conversations.
0: And then she goes on with Savannah Guthrie on the Today Show. Uh, this was this morning. Mm-hmm. The interview aired last night in primetime. So this reporter, Dasha Burns, joins the Today Show. And there are some liberal reporters that are giving NBC's reporter crap, saying that she was too tough on Fetterman. Since then, other journalists who have
2: also dealt with Fetterman came forward and said they had a different experience.
7: Yeah. And Savannah, that's completely fair that that was their experience. We can only report our own. I will say it's important to note that according to the campaign itself, our team was the first to be in the room with Fetterman for an interview rather than via remote video conference. And uh, myself, my producer and our crew did find that small talk before that captioning was was difficult because of those auditory processing issues.
0: This guy is not okay, but the Dems they're putting him out there, and he's winning. That's so I, crazy. I don't know what's more disheartening, that or Dr. Oz's campaign right now, because you're losing to this guy. <laughs> right. If you buy the polls, which I'm not sure I'm all in on at this point.
1: You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93
5: WIVC.
0: It is the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Mindy Winkler filling in for Big Nige and joining us now on the Drivehubor.com hotline. You know her. You love her. She's bat crap crazy. She is my better half. The crazy coupon lady, Crystal Hammer. How are you?
8: I'm good. I'm glad Mindy's here with me, so
3: Yay. I have another... I have another female with me. This is awesome. That's right, and I <laughs> love that Upside app. I loved when you talked about that. I already had it. I'm like, you go, Crystal, yes.
7: <laughs>
3: I, I love the Upside app. I mean, I'm getting money put into my account when other people, you
8: Exactly. Know, <laughs> exactly. <That's awesome. laughs>
0: now, for somebody that might be tuning in for the first time, uh, what is the Upside app, Crystal?
8: Okay, so the Upside app is, it's a gas app um, that you basically, you know, You download to your phone, and it scans the local gas stations around your area, and it gives you so many cents off a gallon. But it kind of works in like a pyramid-type scheme. I don't want to say scheme.
0: So that doesn't sound good, Bernie Madoff. (laughs) What kind of of scam are you running here, Bernie? It's a referral rebate.
8: (laughs) Right. It's basically when people sign up under my account with my referral code, Um, and they use the app. I get so many cents you know added to my like you could fill up jason and i would get 30 cents added to my account because you're underneath my my pyramid as you would say
0: okay okay
3: so but you're still getting the deal too jason so yeah, right
0: still right deal as well. okay yep. so that's the upside app and that relates to gas which last time i checked uh, gas was going on the upward swing again now i want to talk about your kroger deals here in just a moment but before we do that I have to get something off my chest. We've got low temperatures coming back after, I believe, tomorrow. Lows in the lower 40s, upper 30s. Is it asking too damn much of you to take the fan out of the window in our bedroom because at 5 and 6 o'clock in the morning, it's freezing cold? Yeah. you keep that thing like an iceberg like i get it like i like a cooler room too when we go to hotel rooms first thing we do is turn the air conditioning down lower i sleep better that way but like the cold that you have the bedroom in sometimes like Mm -hmm. it's almost like the titanic iceberg (laughs) right ahead
8: look I am, you know, 45 years old, pre, you know, premenopausal. I have
3: <laughs> right. The night sweats and are the
8: worst. So I'm sorry. I like it cold. If you don't like it, go sleep in the front room.
0: Or how about this idea? I could just actually keep my blanket because a lot of times my blanket <laughs> will end up getting like used as some sort of like snuggie device for you. <laughs> you've got your own blanket. You've got this big, massive pillow that you're like spooning. And somehow, some way, my blanket ends up on your side.
8: I'll go buy you another blanket.
0: (laughs) Since this has become a full-on therapy session, let's get to this. People think that I'm making it up when I say that you wanted to put the Christmas decorations up in August. True or false, you wanted to put them up in August.
3: True. I'm Crystal. (laughs) We have Halloween still.
8: I love everything there is about Christmas. You can even ask Jason in July when we were in Florida. Okay. It was Christmas in July, Hallmark Channel. Anytime I was in the hotel room, I was watching Christmas movies. I could watch Christmas movies all year long. I would decorate Christmas all year long. In fact, I would love that when I retire, I want to get a, a job at that Christmas, you know, store down in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, where they teach you how to write in that calligraphy, you know, kinda <laughs> <how to> <laughs> And do the, the ornaments,
3: you know, personalize the ornaments. Like that's my dream retirement job. There's one in Frankenmuth, Michigan, too. Have Is you been to really? that one yet? Oh, have you been to that one, Ike? It's a little German town, and they have an entire oh. whole Christmas theme town. Oh, Jason, we gotta move.
0: <laughs> Mindy, you're not helping. <laughs> Like I throw an (laughs) olive branch out here for you to come on the show, and you're really not helping things at all.
8: Um, (laughs) All right. Our house for Halloween. I mean, there's lights everywhere now. They're all orange, but there's I just like
3: decorations i like the lights the ambiance it's my favorite no i feel you there I, I totally feel
0: you there and chris is along with you chris is little rusty griswold uh <laughs> he's all about uh, the family traditions and yes he wants every bit of the lights and decorations up there so at least you're not alone in the house i
3: just feel like i, I keep hearing gretchen wilson's redneck woman i keep my christmas <laughs> lights up all year long in my head right now <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
8: did that one year um it was really cold and we couldn't get up on the roof to get the um the christmas lights down and i think by the time we were going to get to it it was like the end of april and at that point i said just leave them up till next year that was you a polar
0: didn't have vortex them, year
3: you didn't have them lit though right no okay because <laughs> i've seen people leave them on <laughs> i'm like that's yeah, a little
0: much <laughs> polar vortex year they just stayed up i'm not gonna lie all right crystal i've been told that you've got kroger deals for us here today what are we looking at
8: okay so i have three things that i want to tell you guys about and it's it's some great deals on some food where you're going to save at least 40 to 50 percent off um first i'm going to start with is the uh it's it's three pound bag of frozen fruit it's the Wyman. Um, and just so you know, they said that I just read an article that fruit is up twenty percent than it was last time this year. Isn't that crazy? Mm. So a three bag, um, three pound bag it regularly will cost you sixteen dollars, but it's on sale for eleven forty nine. There is a Kroger Kroger digital coupon that you can clip on the Kroger app. That'll bring it down to ten forty nine, but it's also part of the mega event sale. So when you buy three or more items that are part of that mega event sale, you're going to save an additional two dollars, making a three-pound bag of frozen fruit just eight dollars wow. and forty-nine cents.
0: Wow! This is the stuff that you can use to make like smoothies or whatever it is. It's the frozen yeah, fruit, and you just throw it in the blender and that kind of stuff.
8: Uh-huh. And you can set some out and just have it for dinner. Like, once it thaws out, you just eat it like regular fruit as well.
0: Now, in order to get these deals, again, just to remind everybody, uh, you need to have the Kroger app as well as doing the in-store deals. Is that right?
8: That is correct. You want to have the Kroger app because some of these uh, coupons are on the actual Kroger app.
0: Okay. What else you got?
8: So the next one is the Rayos. I think I'm saying that right. Um, It's jar soups, um, and they have all kinds. They have Italian wedding soup, chicken noodle, tomato basil. Anyways, they're pretty expensive. They're like $5.49 a jar. They're also part of that mega event sale. So they are currently on sale for $4.99. But, again, if you buy three or more of these participating items, you're going to get $2 off per jar, making them just $2.99 but we're not even done there. If you have the Ibotta app, check to see if you have a rebate, because on Ibotta, there is a dollar back per jar, making each jar just a $1.99. Does
3: it take you, like, forever to go through the, the checkout? Do people behind you hate you? You're, like, pulling up all these
8: different coupons? <laughs> no, honestly, because it's, it's really, really easy now, because it's all digital. So once oh, good. I <laughs> once I... coupons on my Kroger app and I type in my phone numbers, the coupons come off and then I come home and I submit the receipt to Ibotta and then I get more money added into my Ibotta account that I can transfer to my checking. Ah, okay.
0: All right. Now you posted a deal on your social media earlier this week for Halloween candy, right? Is that still good? Do we know? Um,
8: That is, but I am checking into that because I think some of the things changed on it. So I'm going to hold off on posting that um, right now are talking about it because i think some things have changed because remember the the kroger things change on wednesday so i have to be careful of what i tell you on air because
0: it might have already expired got it well i'll tell you what we're going to post the deals you talked about today on our social media uh hammer and nigel show facebook and twitter but if somebody wants to go straight to the source how do they find you
8: they just look me up on Twitter, Facebook, or you know uh, Instagram. Crystal Hammer spelled C H R Y S T A L, just like the stripper.
0: <laughs> That's my girl, <laughs> the crazy coupon lady. Uh, we appreciate it. Thank you. All right, bye. 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 It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Casey Daniels coming up next.
1: You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIVC.
0: It is The Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Mindy Winkler is here. And in the studio, the side piece herself, Miss Casey Daniels from The Kendall and Casey Show. How are you? I'm good. Hey, congratulations.
6: On on
0: your view, it has definitely upgraded from my shot <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to
3: say, I'm loving the ratio today. I mean, my goodness, Finally, <laughs> some my other experts in here. Yes, exactly.
6: <laughs> you know what? What do we need these guys for anyway? Right. <laughs>
0: You don't hear me complaining, if you'll notice.
6: I, well, you shouldn't, because you have a beautiful co-host today.
0: And, and look like, at I you do. wearing I know. the... Got a little fall kind of flannel thing going on, just she's a little bit of rack she's coming out.
3: cleavage that I'm very much envying right now. Uh, I, I did. I,
6: I, it's my commitment to the show and the YouTube <laughs> viewers. I will do anything to get more ratings, including showing off my decolletage.
0: <laughs> now, we went through a training session the other day mm-hmm. about this kind of stuff. Am I allowed to say that uh, your rack looks fantastic or is that frowned upon
6: (laughs) you can say it but according to the training don't touch it (laughs) that's been the rule
0: for a while (laughs)
6: yes
0: casey and i were in this training session together and we're in the back room and it like we're like those kids in high school like that sit in the back Mm -hmm. and like we're this close (laughs) to throwing spitballs i think
6: (laughs) Well, we had to break up into groups of 10, and our group broke up, and everybody looked at Hammer and said, you're going to speak for us, right? And then as Hammer was speaking for us, I was whispering to him, say collaboration. (laughs) That sounds impressive. Say inside jokes. Those are bad. So yeah, we were we were texting each other and looking like we were paying complete attention. Um,
0: are people paying attention to the midterms? Has this been a hot talking point on uh, your program, Casey?
6: Well, sure, sure, of course it is. You know, early voting starting today, going through November seventh. Uh, the polling running around now saying that everybody loves the Republicans. Now, it, for a while there, uh, forty-five days before, it was oh, the Democrats are going to pull this one off, and now things are starting to change.
0: That's such. That happens every election right. cycle. These liberal pollsters in August always say, blue wave, mm-hmm. but then closer to election time, they actually want to keep some of their credibility so people will keep buying into their bullcrap, <laughs> mm-hmm. so they have to be close to right.
6: Well, we heard how the women were going to come out in droves because of the abortion ruling, and now, no, let's get serious. What's something that affects you every single day? Oh, yeah, that, totally. It's inflation, right, <laughs> yes. and the economy, and that's what people are going to vote Correct. on, how it's affecting their daily life. And I don't know if you saw this tweet, uh, Hammer, but this was posted by a bakery, and they were trying to explain all their price changes for ingredients, and I was just amazed by this. Because if you're wondering why do things cost so much more, well check this out. In January of 21, flour cost them $12. Now it's $28.
4: Oh,
6: wow. Sugar was $25, now $34. Powdered sugar used to cost them $25, now $39. And this is a really big one, shortening, more than 50% increase. It was $41, and now it costs this bakery $87. And it's everything. It's not just the eggs and the yeast and the shortening and the flour, but even the little rainbow sprinkles the jimmies that you put on top of your cupcakes fifty six dollars is what it was a year ago now it's costing this bakery eighty six dollars to order their sprinkles and of course you know this bakery what do they have to do well, they just have to turn right around and pass that cost
0: on to the right. consumers. Right. At this point, I kind of feel like Willie Nelson in the film Half-Baked. I remember when a dime bag used to cost a dime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was all skunk weed. And that would give
6: you a headache, wouldn't it? Okay, so the other thing that's in the news that Rob and I have gone around with is uh, Justin Bieber. Are you a fan of Justin Bieber, Mindy? Um not really. No, not really. <laughs> I mean,
3: I handle I like his music. I'm just not a huge right. You're not fan. following on right.
6: hanging on every Correct. word he ever says. Uh Hammer, you've got young kids at home. You probably have heard some of the Beebs music blaring through speakers from listen, time to time. Listen, I'm
0: not mad at the Beebs. Mm-hmm. Like listen, he's got like a hot wife. He's made a bunch of money. He did some knuckleheaded stuff when he was in his 20s. Mm-hmm. He's like the Canadian version of me. <laughs>
6: Well, he's canceled the remaining uh, dates on his world tour, and he's trying to make his health a priority, and he was diagnosed with the Ramsey-Hunt syndrome, Mm -hmm. and he was experiencing full paralysis on the right side of his face because of this virus, and now it's being reported that maybe he's going to retire. He's 28 years old. His net worth is $285 million, so he could retire at any minute, and of course, Rob Kendall, he always does the. Uh, who is this guy? And I just, you know, even 15-year-old boys and girls, they need their music too, right? right. So many people go on to the, oh, you know, artistic and the creation. Hey, Even plastic music has its place, because everybody wants a song they can dance to, they can sing to, and heal their teen heart to. Rob just sounds jealous to me. (laughs) (laughs) Rob would be jealous of the two (laughs) hundred and eighty-six eighty-five million net worth um, thing. But speaking of teen heartthrobs, since it's the ladies here, Tom Cruise. Yes. He is going to possibly do a spacewalk on the International Space Station. Really? Why? Uh, Well, because he's Tom Cruise and he can. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, and the the movie budget is $200 million. And think about this. When you're Tom Cruise, right, you do your own stunts. You're jumping off of planes and roofs and you're riding motorcycles and jumping out of helicopters. You're running in every movie. What's next for him? Like, what could he possibly do to top that? How about a walk in space for sure?
0: But here's the thing about Tom Cruise doing his own stunts, and we've yeah. talked to Brian Baker about this. Oh uh, yeah, our you know friend Brian Baker. He's mm-hmm. our former writer, a fill-in host. He does the breakdown. He's a stunt guy who does you know work on major films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he just got done working stunts on the latest uh, Black Panther film stunt guys hate Tom Cruise because They're putting he takes out of away some of their work mm-hmm. and when he doesn't do it right and he gets injured, the set has to close down and everything slows down. Mm-hmm. And when the set is closed down, people don't get paid because Tom Cruise's ego is mm-hmm. like, I have mm-hmm. to do all the stunts by myself. That's a really good point. Wow. I
6: hadn't even thought about right. that. Tom Cruise's ego is costing other people money. Well, here's something that Tom Cruise could take to the next level. Maybe he should do a family friendly movie and he can focus on long sustainable relationships that would be a completely new okay. frontier for him.
0: <laughs> Man, there's a lot going on with Tom Cruise. Like I like his movies. I yeah. do, I'll admit. Yes. Um he's kind of a weird cat. Yes. Uh the whole Scientology thing, yes. I don't really understand. He's
6: going- to the mothership!
0: But, man, Top Gun was really good. <laughs> it, Top Gun Maverick yes. was really good. And this was a dude that made a movie that didn't really have an agenda, wasn't trying to push some sort of social bullcrap on mm-hmm. you. He just wanted a fun, badass movie, and I can respect that.
6: It's the uh, number six all-time gross box office receipt-receiving movie. So he still got it. Right. Even at 50-plus, we still like our Tom Cruise. And Mission Impossible, one of those movies where the... The second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth movie, they're all just as good as the first. Yes. It's and like Fast and the Furious movies,
3: Yes. Fast and the Furious. That's not even close. You because know, I mean, like, <laughs> the ninth, Fast and, money, and the, the ninth Fast
6: and Furious was so good. Did you see that?
0: I stopped watching them a while ago. <laughs> but look at their box office, though. Every one of these things. Like, you can sit there and laugh, Mindy, but as long as they keep pumping out these cars that have the nitrous tanks and there's vin diesel or some buff looking dude they're going to make a ton of money Mm -hmm.
6: hey let me get your impression really quick on the troy aikman Non controversy, the fake controversy, the we take the dresses right. on We talked, we talked that about made. this yesterday. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that, you know, he's speaking to people who aren't offended by that. Correct. People who are watching football aren't expecting their quarterbacks to be petite little flowers, right? I wasn't offended. In fact,
3: I was thinking much worse um, with terms in my head. Yeah, you were. <laughs> yes,
6: she was. <laughs> Uh, can't say on the air.
0: Casey, are you ready for a night with WIBC?
6: I can't wait for it. I'm going to be running on all cylinders. I'm going to have full horsepower going. She's a virgin this year.
0: Yes, this is your virgin experience with a night with WIBC. Mm, isn't that nice, Mindy? Please <laughs> to be, try to be gentle with uh, Casey. To be virginal again. <laughs> um, and again, uh, what's that like? <laughs> we mentioned this earlier. We found out from our promotion staff earlier today. 25 more tickets just were released earlier today. Mm -hmm. So, if you want to go, they just released 25 extra tickets. This is your last chance. Go to Ticketmaster.com, search for WIBC, or I think we still have it pinned at the top of the Hammer and Nigel show, Facebook and Twitter. Look for A Night with WIBC. They just released 25 more. So, if you missed out, you got a reprieve here. Mm -hmm. Get your tickets. Mindy, you've been there before. This is going to be fun night.
3: Oh, it was a blast last year. I've been telling everyone. In fact, as soon as I heard um, Kendall and Casey mention it this morning, I was like, hey, guys,
6: get yeah. some more tickets. Get on it. Yeah, yes. it's going to be a good time. October 27th, and it's at the uh, Schrott Performing Arts Center right on the campus of Butler.
0: Well, our website still looks like it's a project from IPS students, so I don't think we have a side piece <laughs> no, up there yet. You know what we- actually,
6: <laughs> Hammer, I, I did write an article yesterday, and it was how uh, Carmel, Zionsville, and West were named in the top 10 of uh, small cities in I the country. Saw that. And Granger, Indiana, where I used to live, was also in the top four of lowest housing cost in the country. Wrote a nice, beautiful article about it, published it. Can't find it anywhere. Oh,
0: <laughs> like, Am I the fun. bad guy because I'm tired of being nice and saying, oh, it's a work in progress. It's been long enough. Can we fix this thing, please? <laughs> well, you're talking to the wrong person.
6: I'm the front end, not the back end.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to go get what, yelled what? at. Uh, Casey, thank you so much. <laughs> (laughs) The Kendall and Casey Show every Monday through Friday, 9 to noon. Thank you. Thanks. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm an Indian outlaw the hammer and Nigel show. I'm Jason Hammer, Mindy Winkler filling in for big Nigel. And you've been like running down the hallways like during commercial breaks. Are you okay?
3: Yes. I'm just a little out of breath <laughs> trying to do this and 971 Hank FM my main station during the same time because somebody is out this week. So. Got it.
0: Got it. Okay. So, uh, you're doing a little double duty here. Yes. Then. Correct. Okay. Well, thank you for doing that. I no, appreciate absolutely. it. Thank you for filling in for big Nige. Um, um, how is the country music scene these days? Like who's the main star? Is it, is it Luke Bryan or is it somebody else?
3: <laughs> I would say, well, right now, Cole Swindell is, um, has four weeks at number one with a, she had me at heads Carolina. So he's kind of been the main thing right now. Luke Combs still topping everything as well. Um, Toby Keith getting a big award on November 8th for, he's got
0: some health issues. Yes. So he's, fighting, he's suffering
3: right? cancer. Yeah. And he's willing, he's winning though the BMI icon award, which is given to any genre for songwriting. And there's only been a few country artists like Willie Nelson, Loretta Lynn, and Dolly Parton that have ever won this.
0: And much like Willie Nelson, Toby Keith has been known to um, take part in the herb. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and some drinking. I right. will never, ever forget that concert that he's doing Red Solo Cup. And I'm like, you've sang this verse Were already. you there for that? Oh, yes.
0: Where, where he was too drunk to continue? <laughs> yes. Let that sink in. Toby Keith was too drunk to do Co- Toby Keith songs. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> That's next level right there.